You are listening to the Women in Leadership Podcast with Debbie Collard, Susan Ireland, professional executive coaches and co-founders of the Seasons Leadership Program, and Marianne Metz, Digital Marketing Manager at Ascension. This podcast focuses on helping women around the globe explore their passion for leadership. Join Debbie, Susan, and Marianne on Women Wednesdays as they talk to world-class leaders this season to dive deeper into their journeys of leadership development and find out what it takes to acquire your own professional leadership style. If you are interested in additional resources outside of the podcast, please visit seasonsleadership.com where you can enroll in executive coaching or transformation workshops. This podcast series is sponsored by Ascension Transformation Solutions. This is your new personal leadership mentor. This is the Women in Leadership Podcast. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Women in Leadership Podcast, sponsored by Ascension Transformation Solutions and the Seasons Leadership Program. Debbie Collard and I, Susan Ireland, are co-founders of the Seasons Leadership Program, and our program, and as well as this podcast, is designed for women to further their self-awareness and live into their potential while making a difference in their career, organization, communities, and lives of others. I hope you are enjoying your Women Wednesdays. And before we get started, please help us out by rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love to read your comments and feedback. And if you like today's conversation, take a screenshot of this episode and tag one of us on your Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn stories. And we'll be happy to reach out and connect with you. You can tag Seasons or reach out to the Seasons Leadership Program at seasons underscore leadership. I had the pleasure to meet and work with Tanya Alshenska in 2019 when she was facilitating a sheer leadership development intensive workshop in Seattle. Tanya is an experienced and enormously effective guide to unleashing the human spirit and excellence, which is so needed in today's professional and personal environments. Tanya's guidance through the LDI experience was transformational, leading me to an integrated view of insights that immediately I was able to apply to my life and get positive results. So thank you, Tanya. It's so good to see you here. And you are in France. That's true. South of France. South of France, uh, in the countryside. Um, no, now not anymore because I live in the countryside. I actually live, there is a very small village called Bugarash and I live um, 10 minutes drive from that village. So it's really, really nothing there. But the, uh, if you have nothing there, it is really beautiful, especially in, in the times we are now. But also the internet connection, it depends on the wind and different things. So I decided to just make sure that we have a stable connection and I booked a hotel room for tonight. So now I'm in the city, actually. <laughs> okay, so in the immediate time you're in the city, you are really a traveler. Um, thank you for doing that. That's, that's amazing. Um, you are also from Poland. And um, we have a following in Poland, which is so great for us. So we are 
you know, we reached out to you because we thought, oh, good, we can get that connection really going, you know, like get this global international Women Wednesdays, um, get us all connected all over the world. People are really active on the internet. Like, it's not a very big nation, you know, but for example, Polish Wikipedia is like, I don't know, maybe third or fourth in the world in terms of development. So actually, Polish people, they are really active on the internet. So maybe that's why you also get a lot of interest in Poland. Well, and maybe a lot of women leaders. We definitely need that. So <laughs> I'm happy you have followers in Poland. So Tamia is a renowned specialist in leadership development and alternate, alternative education. Under her guidance, professionals discover their unique talents and resources that enable them to create inspired solutions in alignment with their core values. The methods and approach she, approach she uses are informed by a variety of formal trainings and unique blend of personal experiences drawn from sources ranging from academic psychology through leadership and organizational growth to alternative schooling, as well as bodywork and meditation. Her passion for innovative approaches to development made her one of the pivotal players who energized the expansion of the alternative education movement in Poland in the last decade. She supports leaders in business, education, and NGOs in realizing their visions putting their values into action and creating organizations with clear communication and structures reliant on trust and humanity. Regardless of whether she is working with an individual, a group, or a whole system, she skillfully brings people closer to their inner wisdom and resources, supporting them in identifying and facing current crucial challenges and creating the most efficient responses and solutions. Tanya is the go-to person for many people all over the world to reach out to when facing a crisis or wanting to bring their personal life or organization to the next level. And I can attest to that. So in your own words, Tanya, tell us about who you are and what drove you to create what you're doing now. Yeah, it's, it's not really easy to define myself in saying who I am. Um, but I can tell you a little bit about what I do, and then it, it goes into one direction. So basically, I do four things in my life. Um, I work with, um, I am a coach and, and a trainer for business and organizations, mostly in leadership, but also in creating effective teams and creating a better working culture and communication. Uh, I work with education, mostly with alternative education all over the world. Um, and I work with parents who want to, um, I like to say that, you know, most of the parents, well, hopefully all the parents, we really love our children. But it's very often that the love that we have for our children um, it is not always received as love from our children. Sometimes it is received as my mom is really controlling or my mom, you know, she's something. So I help parents to 
express their love in this way that it is received as love by the children. So this is what I do with parents. And the fourth thing that I that I do is uh, I do body work, meditation, and tantra. Um, and for me, it's like in all of those four fields, I do the same thing. And as I create space for people to connect with who they are and with each other. And that creates leadership, that creates better communication, more efficient teams, that creates better education and more beautiful families. So it seems like I do a lot of stuff, but basically I just do one thing in my life. <laughs> well, one thing in some very amazing areas, and when you can apply the uniqueness that you bring to it in, in multiple areas, that's really special. Yeah. It brings a lot of joy to me, actually, to do that, to meet people like this. You know. Wonderful. Well, as you know, Susan and I run something called the Seasons Leadership Program, so aligned with what you were just talking about. And in that program, we believe that there is a foundational leadership triad of vision or what you want to achieve, the mission, why you do what you do, and values how you go about doing what it is that you do or what you align to. Mission, or said differently, purpose or your why is a key part of that foundation. What would you say is your why, Tamya, in this um, one thing that you do across these multiple <laughs> Yeah, I, I like what you said a lot because I deeply believe that um, vision, mission, and values is something that not only organizations, but also we personally as people should define for ourselves. And of course, for organization is crucial. So I like that you asked this question, actually. Uh, my why is, you know, I've been born in a culture, as we all are, that has a big luck. And this luck is a lack of connection. Like we are not a very connected uh, moment of life or like we are not a very connected civilization. And this lack of connection is we lack the connection to ourselves. We lack the connection with others. And then you get all sorts of depressions and suicides and so on and abuse of alcohol and all of that. And we lack the connection with the nature and with the planet then we have a global climate crisis. Um, so my why is I want to work with that. Like I want to bring people back to connection. And is the connection with yourself, is the connection with others, and the connection with the planet. Oh, I love that that was your answer because um, it feeds right into the next question I'm going to ask you. But also um, one of my values when we're talking about vision, mission, and values, one of my main values is connection. So I'm so happy to hear you say that and so happy to be able to connect with you a little bit today. What personal values or, or one value you can pick out are you aligning with in what you do with Share Leadership Center or in your other work? Yeah, I would say connection is very high. Uh, but I would choose something else. It's a word that uh, we tend to use in a very uh, in a very weird way sometimes. But I want to go to the roots of that word, and that word is love. Um, and it's a huge value for me because I see that 
um, if you really want to simplify life, you can say like whenever you make a choice, you can follow the direction of love or you can follow the direction of fear. And right now we can see like, you know, all the power in this world comes from fear. Like I have to have power because otherwise something might happen. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to get that. So for me, it's like when I make choices and when I work with people, I try to look where is the direction of fear and where is the direction of love and to choose the direction of love and also to put people in that direction so or to invite people to that direction. So that is a very, very big value for me. And then I think for that, you also need a lot of courage not to go to the with not to follow the path of fear. So I would say these two love and courage in that sense. That's wonderful. And it's even more wonderful that you are able to talk about them and know what they are. So many times we see leaders who, when you ask the question, well, what are your values? What's guiding you? What's your true north? Um, You get a kind of, huh, well, I think this is important. I think that's important. I like earning money, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nice that you could just rattle those off and they they resonate so clearly with what you do. And I love that alignment. I love that alignment. Well, it's bringing up for me, Thomas, um, uh, conversations that I often have with people I coach is um, as they're searching for their purpose or their why. So how or when did you realize you had, you know, you had this purpose, this why that aligned to your values? How did you do that? <laughs> it's a great question. You know, it's, it's like since, since I remember, I was always searching for something, you know, I was always not happy, like, you know, a kind of like, okay, everything is fine. You know, I have food, I have shelter, I have this, but there was always something missing, something that I was searching for. So I was searching on different paths. Like, you know, I started to study psychology because I wanted to get to know about humans. Um, Like I started to go on different spiritual paths because it was not enough. Like I was kind of searching and searching and searching. And in the certain moment, like I don't recall a certain moment that it would be like, okay, this is it. But uh, my search, it put me in that place of like, of realizing, well, actually, if you want to simplify, you can just do things out of love or you do things out of fear. And that was not a kind of knowledge that I got. It was just, uh, I was looking at myself. I was looking at others and I, I was coaching many people and I was like, wow, but basically this is it, you know? And then I really asked myself and I said, okay, but I really want to put myself at service of love. And this is how it came to words. But I think I was doing that already before. <laughs> that, that is a, a, inspirational. What successes have you seen? I guess I want to share two stories with you because they, uh, they are really like... Um, showing a, like a variety of things that touch me because like when you say about success i immediately think about something that touched me in my life you know something that was meaningful and one of the moments that was um 
one of the most meaningful moments for me when I had, I was leading the democratic school in Poland for quite some years. There, we had a situation that, you know, we were going on a field trip with the kids. And there was a moment when we were driving with a public bus um, with a bunch of kids. And the public bus, in that public bus in that moment was empty. There was nobody inside. So there were a bunch of adults and a bunch of kids. Um, and, you know, the democratic kids, they are not super easy to sit in one place, like, you know, being super polite and obedient and blah, blah, blah. So they were like playing in the bus. They were not doing anything dangerous or nothing really like, you know, troublesome, but they were like, you know, walking on the chairs, like opening the window, looking through the window, you know, doing all the stuff that kids like to do when they are riding a bus. Um, and one moment the bus driver stopped in the middle, like not on the uh, bus stop, but like in the middle of somewhere. He stopped, he went out of his cabin and he started to yell at them, but really yell, like, what are you doing? You know, this is dangerous. Like, you should not do this. And then one of the girls, she was, I don't know, maybe seven or eight, little blonde girl, you know, like really super small and thin. She looked up at him. He was a big guy, you know, like she looked up at him. And she said in a small girl voice, she said, oh, you are really, you are really anxious about us. You really worry that we're going to hurt ourselves. And this guy, he just melted, you know, he was like, yes, I'm sorry that I was screaming. You know, yes, I was worried that you're going to hurt yourself. And for me, this was like, to me, this was one of the biggest success you can see, like, you know, because is a she was eight years old and i can already see like what kind of amazing woman she will be and if she is able like you know at the age of eight community to communicate like this with somebody who is much bigger than her much stronger has much higher rank you know and he's talking from the anger that touches me a lot you know really a lot and then the second story is about a man that we had in the LDI, I don't know, maybe a few years ago. And he was in the, LD, the leadership development intensive, the, the program, one of the programs that I'm leading. And he graduated from this program. And then a year after we had a reunion with that group because they really enjoyed, they wanted to meet again. You know, We met in the restaurant, we were talking for hours. It was super nice. And we were asking everybody, okay, so like, uh, what do you see that the leadership development intensive changed in your life, actually? Like, how do you see the long-term impact? It was yeah, after a year or something. And he said, you know, what happened? Just after um, the program, uh, I was supposed to get, um, like, to, to go on the higher position in my organization. And I was absolutely sure it's going to happen. After two or three months, he got caught by a surprise because he didn't get that position. But the woman who got it, it was much, she was much younger than him, and she was much shorter in the organization. And him, he was really angry about that. He came back home and he was like, okay, now I have to do something about it. And he started to use all the tools that we teach in the leadership development intensive. Um, and actually, he managed to find this inner space to say, okay, I'm actually going to support her because I see why she is there and why they chose her. 
And I don't want to make a mess. I don't want to make a problem for her. I'm going to support her. So he said, if I didn't do the LDI, I would make a mess out of her life. Like I would really uh, sabotage everything what she would do. Like I would talk behind her back with other people. I, I would make it really difficult for her because I really didn't want her to get that position. It was supposed to be mine. But now I saw that actually I can support her. And he started to support her and he started to work with her and they really formed a good team. You know, he didn't care so much about a position anymore. And that touches me so much because I imagine that woman, I don't even know her. She doesn't know about my existence, you know, but I'm imagining this woman, how a huge shift in her life that is to have a guy in her team that instead of making her life difficult, he is actually supporting her and her growth and her leadership. So that touches me a lot. And these are, you know, like small stories. And, and I have plenty of these stories. And this is what makes my life meaningful. Like one of the things that might, makes my life meaningful. Because, because I feel like we do something in the workshop or in the school or with the parents, you know, and then it spreads and you cannot track it. Like it goes in little situations, in big situations, in life decisions, and and it spreads like it touches people that I don't even know. And for me, this is this is my success. Amazing. That's how you're really making a difference in the world, like a huge difference. Yeah. Do you how do you celebrate successes? <laughs> I would say in general, I really like whenever something meaningful happens in my life, I cry because I'm touched. So <laughs> I guess this is my way of celebrating. But it's a super joyful cry. It's like, uh, but um, I don't particularly celebrate like. I'm not a really very achievement oriented person. So I don't really have a way of like, you know, treating things that happen to me like, like something to celebrate. Um, but I do make a lot of place in my life for gratitude. And I think that is a way I celebrate, you know, not only successes in my life, but my life in general and myself and my path and everything that I'm doing. So it's like I have my little rituals, like, you know, that every day I can connect a little bit with what am I grateful for. And then if a success happens in a particular day, um, then I also like, you know, bring my gratitude for that. So that is my way, like my little way of celebrating. And I very much enjoy what I do in my life. So that is also a way to um, celebrate success. And when you focus on gratitude, everything can be viewed as success because you can look at it as, what am I grateful about what happened? Even if it didn't go as originally planned, right? Yeah. That's wonderful. And that's very often the case, actually. So that's why I say, like, I don't particularly celebrate something as like, you know, success. Like I don't have this ritual. Okay. I have achieved something. Now I'm going to, you know, go to a restaurant or something, but I celebrate my life, you know, everything that happens and it can be something like viewed as beautiful and success and easy. But as you say, it can be also something that is not so easy to appreciate at the first moment. 
That's wonderful. Wonderful approach to life. We've talked a lot today so far about leadership uh, with your leadership development intensive and our seasons leadership. The leadership word keeps coming up over and over again. So I'd like to hear from you, Tamia, what is leadership to you? And what do you see as crucial for someone who's stepping into a leadership role? I would say I, I really love a definition of leadership that was designed by Professor Dean Williams from Harvard University. Um, I'm just going to try to recall it. I hope uh, Professor Dean Williams will agree with what I'm going to say. Um, but he he says there is like leadership, real leadership as opposed to counterfeit leadership. And he defines real leadership as an, a, a, like a weight or a behavior to mobilize people to face reality and to solve important problems that are present in that reality. And that this happens to create progress and for the greater good like for the good of everybody, not only um, uh, just for individual reasons or individual purposes. And I really enjoy that definition because first of all, it says leadership is a behavior, like it's something that can be exercised no matter who you are, no matter what is your formal rank or position. You can do it if you have a position of authority, but you can also do it when you don't have it. And second of all, it says that to really exercise your leadership, you have to be in touch with reality and not run away from it, but to look what are the real issues, what is the work in the center, what has to be done. Um, and I see in our culture, I said before, we lack connection. So we also lack connection with the here and now and with what is happening and what are the real challenges. And Professor Williams, he really brings it to like, okay, if you want to exercise your leadership, you have to see what is the reality and you have to be able to face that and to mobilize other people to also look at that reality. Like it's not enough you see it yourself, but you have to be able to bring people on that, that they can create solutions and that the solutions, they are not good just for you or for your organizations, but for the whole planet. So that definition really touches me. And this is also the way I teach leadership and I invite people on that path. And you also asked what is crucial to step on that path. So for me, if you look from the perspective of that definition, to me, what is the key is that you are able to look at reality and that you are not afraid of it. And and that is not very common because the reality, it hurts. The reality is sometimes very pink, but sometimes black, sometimes blue, like it has very different colors. You know, I work with education. We have, most of us, we have went through schools and through uh, also education that we got in the house that was not always easy. So we all carry our wounds and our pain. and. To be able to look at reality, we have to be part of the reality is that pain. So to be a real leader in the moment, to exercise your leadership, you have to be able to see the reality as it is, also your inner reality and the reality of other people in that moment. 
and the reality of the planet and the animals that are suffering and the planet that is suffering and to have the courage to say, whoa, that's a lot, you know? So to have that courage to confront the, the pain that is present in the reality and everything that is there, the joy also, that is for me a key. I love that description, Tamia, and it aligns with what you said earlier too about choosing a path of love or choosing the path of fear. To have the courage to face the reality means choosing the path of love. And yes. what can we be grateful for in this moment? What can we see that's positive about the situation? And even if you are afraid to get past that and, and go forward anyway. Mm, thank you. But even if you don't see the positive aspect you know to have the courage to look at the negative aspect like you know sometimes somebody dies and that's it and you have to look at that and to look at your grief and to look at your loss and not run away from that and then from there you can be a leader because other people maybe they feel the same or they feel different but if we run away from what is happening to us and to other people then, you know, the only leadership that is left is the counterfeit leadership, which is all about power. And you see what is happening in the world. <laughs> well, Tanya, how do you do it? How do you step into your leadership role and exercise your leadership? I guess for me, um, it is really like a, like a daily path of facing my reality. And it it might sound a bit weird because it's like, you know, it's nothing big, but actually for me, this is this is my path and this is really big. Like it's my daily practice of not running away from what is present in my life and in my family and in my surrounding and in my work and everywhere. So basically I would say it's just, yeah, it's just a daily practice of being connected to to myself and to the people around me and to to the to the earth that we live on. Do you have a ritual or um, way that you do this to be connected? Not really. I'm. I must say I'm completely not a disciplined person. So I can put myself like you know I was on many meditations retreats that you know you sit for 21 days and you meditate and I can do that it is fine so I can be disciplined if I make a choice to really do that for some time but it's always for some time so I have my ways I I found my ways to integrate the the practices like you know the the way to look at myself to integrate it in my daily life like in my routines but I don't have particular rituals to do that it's just uh, because I, I think I'm not really able to keep a ritual longer than two months <laughs> that's still pretty good it's just who you are is what you're saying yeah but I, I, I find it actually very important to you know to, to not to live a separate life from what I'm working or doing or inviting people you know yeah because if i want to invite somebody to be present with the reality i have to be present with my reality and my reality is you know i wake up in the morning something happens like my son comes he wants something you know <laughs> life is happening so i try to be 
present with that and to and to also ask myself this question like you know if i if i'm lost or i don't know how to move in a particular situation like okay where is love and where is fear you know what is my fear in that situation and where is my love calling me in that moment is not always an easy question. <laughs> it's a powerful question for sure. Yeah. So Tamia, let's shift gears just slightly. And um, I'd like you to talk about resilience and what role resilience plays for you in your journey or has played for you. Uh, that's a beautiful question. I would say resilience is really a key. Um, I cannot imagine walking any path, basically, or doing anything in life without being resilient, because you always fall. And no matter where I go, there is always stuff that don't work out and people they are that are not happy with what I'm doing. So I would say if I didn't have resilience in my life, I... I don't know, maybe I should stay home and watch YouTube, you know, because <laughs> I could not deal with anything. But I'm I'm really lucky because my beloved, he always laughs at me that I'm a little bit like a donkey, you know. So if I really want something, <laughs> I'm going to get there. <laughs> it's maybe not the fastest way, you know, maybe not the easiest way, but it's my way. <laughs> And I guess resilience, it, it also comes from that. Because if I really want to go somewhere, I want to go there. And then, you know, I fail and I fall and people are not happy, but I still want to get there, you know. I'm still kind of aligned with my intention. And I guess my resilience comes from that, that I always see where I want to go. And I still want to go there. <laughs> That's wonderful. Great description of resilience. <laughs> well, Tanya, what are the greatest leadership challenges you're facing right now? First of all, one of the greatest leadership challenges is to be a mom. When I became a mom, it started to be a great leadership challenge and it will never finish <laughs> until the end of my life. So right. that's one. <laughs> And that's a big one. <laughs> if we go on more on the professional level, I would say um, I see that what uh, is missing in many organizations um, is the feminine way of leadership, like a feminine, um, yeah, feminine way of leading. Because I see, for example, there is many women on leadership positions but they still lead in a man way. And sometimes they have like amazing intuition. They have amazing solutions, creative, you know, they know where they want to go and they judge themselves that this is not really super organized or that this is not really like, you know, they cannot really make a presentation and clarify their goals and explain everything step by step, you know, and they judge themselves a lot for that. So I would love to bring more consciousness that this is not nothing wrong. It's just a different leadership style. And we need that leadership style because um, 
because we need balance is not is not that the feminine style of leadership is better than the male one but right now we are in this balance like there is a lot of this kind of male leadership is not only done by men it's, it's like you know it doesn't have to be a gender thing because a, a woman can can lead from both energies and also a man can have a very feminine style of leadership it's just that we bring more connection <laughs> that we bring more like questioning and doubts and humbleness you know and not that the leader has to know what is the way but the leader has to know how to talk with people and how to ask and how to collect information and how to focus on what matters but also what matters on the emotional level and sometimes you know we have an intuition that this is a good direction we cannot really give arguments for that and it's also good to follow that you know you don't always have to be super organized in your leadership style and i would love to bring that consciousness to women and men so that we can have more respect to that way of leading because we desperately need it now I, I love how you're saying this because it really isn't a gender issue. It's it is how we approach leadership and allowing yes. different types of energies. So, so for both men and women, yes, to be able to be more whole people and leading from a centered place. Yes, exactly, and embracing uncertainty and embracing you know everything that is happening in life. And yeah, you don't have to be a woman to do that. <laughs> right. I also liked how you brought up um, being a leader because you are a mom. And then the professional leadership. Leadership happens in all parts of our life, all aspects of our life. We're, we're being leaders even when we don't realize we're being leaders. Someone is following us or someone's watching what we're doing. And so being in tune with that, in tune with the reality of life minute by minute basis is important for us because we are leading. And so being conscious of it and realizing that we are leading and how we're leading, I think is very important. So because you are a mom and that's a new leadership challenge for you. <laughs> and as you said, a lifelong one. It's not so new because my son, he's already eight and a half. So <laughs> I got some practice on the way, but it's, you know, it's new every day. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. We we can both relate to that situation for sure. So how do you, Tamia, optimize achieving your priorities? You know, you said you're you're going to go a direction and you want to get there and you're going to get there in your own way. How do you optimize achieving that with all of the personal and professional commitments you have? <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, my father told me that we we had always a lot of incredible conversations with my father, you know, and he told me once that you know, we are living in this culture that in this culture, people think that kids, they play, the teenagers, the, the older kids, they learn, and then the adults, they work. But, you know, I think this is, it doesn't really make sense. You know? <laughs> so we can look together a bit like, you know, how to change it and connect so that everybody can play, learn and work. And I was looking at that a lot in my life. 
And I realized, you know, what is play? Play is when you're doing something joyful, that you enjoy it. Um, learning is when you grow, when you really step out of your comfort zone and you develop, you discover something new. And then work is when you contribute, when you share. What I try to do in my life is I try to contribute and share, growing, like, you know, the developing myself in the same time and doing it in a joyful way, no matter what I do. <laughs> and that's how I optimize, you know, so no matter if it is with my son or if it's in my work or if it's, you know, whatever else I'm doing, um, I try to bring those qualities together. Um, and then I have a feeling my life is in balance. And sometimes it can be like this, that I'm working a lot but it is still in balance. And sometimes, you know, I do nothing for two months, nothing. I do a lot of joyful <laughs> things for two months, but nothing professional. And, and this is also in balance because I still contribute and I still grow. But of course, there is many moments I fail <laughs> and it's not really working, you know. And then I would say I optimize by forgiving myself. This is also one of the keys for me, you know, like yeah. we are living in such hectic times. There's always so many incredible things you can do. So when something is not really working or is not really aligned, I just forgive myself and I say, okay, fine, you know, tomorrow is going to be another day. <laughs> yeah, you're still learning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Debbie, I think we need to, to steal this for um, Seasons Leadership I do Program. Too. This is, it's the best definition of balance I've heard. What's, what's your dad's name, Tanya? <laughs> it's going to be as challenging as mine for, for you American people. His name is Robert Olszanski. <laughs> okay. We can give him credit in writing. We don't have to say it necessarily. We can just give him That's right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, what types of support do you need to be successful in achieving your goals? I need to do a lot of things I like. So I need to have a lot of pleasure and fun in my life because that builds up my energy. And when I'm full of energy, I can do everything. In Polish language, we have this saying that first you do your duties and then you go to relax, and, or then it's time to enjoy, you know. But I do completely the other way around. Like, I have a feeling, you know, if I start from my duties, then I do my duties, and then I have more duties, and then there is more duties, and I never get to the fun part. <laughs> but if I start from what is really nourishing for me and what is really joyful, then I have so much energy, then I can do anything else, you know, and then I do what is needed with pleasure. So that is definitely a support that I need. Like, I, I really like to take care of my body, to take care of how I sleep, you know, to take care about what I eat, to go for walks, to be in the nature, to take care of my practice, you know, to to do my gratitudes, to meditate. And also to, and I would say, and this is also a crucial part, um, is also to feel loved So and to love. So to be with people that we can share love. Because, uh, yeah, if 
if I don't feel loved and I cannot share my love, then I don't want to do anything in my life. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautiful and powerful. Yes. Tamia, we are wrapping up, closing down to the end, and we have one final question for you. If you could be any cartoon character in the world, what would it be and why? My son, he watches a cartoon that is called, called Avatar, The Last Airbender. It's yes. not the movie Avatar with the blue people, but the um, yeah, it's a kind of Eastern, a little bit Eastern cartoon. And uh, in that cartoon, the, the main character is a little boy. I think we start the whole journey with him when he is 10 or 12 or something. And his name is Ang. And I think if I was a cartoon character, I would be him. Because his style of leadership is super feminine. Um, although he is a boy. Uh, but he has this quality, like, you know, he... He is the last airbender, so he's an avatar. He's super important person, and everybody is kind of, uh, you know, looking to him, up to him, and trying to ask him what they are supposed to do. And he's a bit like, ah, oh, but um, I don't know. Let's see, you know. <laughs> Let's talk with people. Let's check things out, you know. <laughs> we will see what we're gonna do. And it always goes out very well. He is also. I would say he's very resilient and determined. And also he is super joyful. Like I have a feeling if there was like, you know, if there was complete peace, because this cartoon happens in the times of war, if there would be a complete peace, he would just, you know, swim with dolphins and do nice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he is also this kind of guy, you know, he takes his... Uh, he's flying on the big animal and he can take this animal and fly super far just to slide with penguins or do some fun things so i connect with that as well and also another characteristic that he has is i would say he is actually very skillful in what he is doing and a lot of people they they look at him and they they think what he is doing is magic but it is not. It is just because he has been practicing his path. And uh, so he is also like really um, disciplined, but not in this way of you do things every day, which me, I'm completely not like this. But he is disciplined to follow his path and to learn and to grow. And he is committed to that. And yeah, I also align with that. So I guess I would be a little boy, you know, with an arrow on the forehead. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who you're talking about. I've got to I've got to go take another look at this again. And I'm going to think of you when I see it. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, but I will also think of you when I see it again. <laughs> Well, Tamia, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today, and we want to thank you for taking the time to share your stories and your thoughts with us today. For our listeners, if you would like to listen to our other podcasts from Women in Leadership Season 1 or so far Season 2, you can visit www.ascensionts.com or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. To get more information about the Seasons Leadership Program, you can visit us at www.seasonsleadership.com. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Women in Leadership Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Women in Leadership podcast. If you loved today's episode, we encourage you to rate and review our show on your Apple Podcast app. If you're interested in learning more about professional development, visit seasonsleadership.com to learn about their annual leadership program. This program is designed for women to support their growth and success as a professional. It was created to help motivate female leaders and further their self-awareness to live into their potential while still making a difference. Don't forget to follow us on social media to stay up to date on the latest episodes. This is the Women in Leadership podcast, where new episodes come out on Women Wednesday.